Welcome, everybody. Welcome to River Glen. And uh, Merry Christmas. You guys excited about Christmas? 23 days away? Yeah. I'm ready. Looking forward to it. Love this time of, of the year. River Glen's one church, and we meet in, in uh, many locations. So um, everybody here in Waukesha, would you join me? Let's give a big welcome to everybody over in Pewaukee and online. We love you guys. Thank you so much, wherever uh, your location, for joining us for church. You know, when you add it up, um, everybody uh, joining us this weekend in person and online, it's probably just probably just over 2,000 people. And I would guess that none of us like to wait. Yeah, I don't like to wait. I don't like to wait uh, on anything. I don't like to wait for something to download. I don't like to wait for my coffee to cool down. Too often I burn my uh, mouth. On it. I don't like to wait for a response to an important text. I don't like uh, uh, waiting, and I don't like waiting for, uh, to open Christmas gifts. I'm, I'm curious, a little survey, show of hands. How many of you open your gifts on Christmas Eve? How many, um, anybody open them? A few of you, Christmas Eve? Yeah, okay, quite a few. Um, anybody going to wait until Christmas Day and open your gifts like Jesus wants us to? <laughs> yeah, okay, good, good. But it's hard uh, to wait to uh, open those uh, gifts, especially when you're a kid. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid, you know, maybe, maybe you can really, maybe this could be like a little bit of a confession uh, time. You know, when you were little, did you ever, when your parents weren't around, go look in the closet under the bed for Christmas gifts, and if you found a Christmas gift wrapped up, you know, you shake it and try to figure it out. Anybody do that? Anybody want to admit that? Oh, yeah, okay. How about this? Anybody, uh, when your parents weren't around, and, uh, you know, you found one of those gifts. And did anybody do this where you uh, would uh, take, take the tape and peel the tape back? You know, remove the tape maybe and, and peel the paper and look in there to uh, see what it is. And then carefully put the tape uh, back on. Confession time. Anybody want to? Yeah, it feels good to confess. The Lord forgives. Okay. Good, good, good. Okay. Yeah, my hand's up too. So, but... It's hard to wait on uh, Christmas gifts, isn't it? Yeah, take a look at this uh, video. It's open. <gasps> Someone did it, and, I, and it wasn't me, and I don't know who it was. What if I check the cameras? No. Don't check the cameras. Why? Don't. Well, what will I see? Don't. Well, what's on the camera? Don't. What will it show me? Don't. Benji. Did you open the present? Tell Mama the truth. Tell me the truth. I won't be mad. I will not be mad. Yes. You did? My Oh, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just an accident. Yeah, it's hard to wait. It's, uh, I don't like waiting. We don't like waiting. But what if waiting had a purpose in our lives? What if the, the waiting that we experienced today had a bigger purpose? You know, what if uh, waiting for a dream, to, to realize a dream in your life, what if that had a, a purpose? What if waiting for Mr. Right or Miss Right had a, a, a purpose? What if waiting for that pain, maybe you're feeling some pain today, waiting for that pain to end had a, a, a purpose? What if waiting for an opportunity uh, had a purpose. And what if God does some of his best work in our lives and through our lives while we wait? Well, today we're going to look at a couple um, from the Christmas story that waited a very long time for their Christmas um, gift. I'm so excited. Uh, today we're beginning a, a brand new series 
and it's uh, called Making Room for Advent. Ad- the word Advent means preparing. Advent is four weeks in the month of December, preparing and waiting for Christmas. An author by the name of uh, Betty Dickinson uh, inspired this series. She wrote a book. Uh, it's actually a Christmas uh, devotional. I'm using it uh, this December and enjoying it, and maybe you would enjoy it too. Uh, you can pick this up. At, uh, through Amazon or I think any place that uh, sells books. There's also a QR code at the Next Steps Hub if you want to scan a link to get the book. Well, Betty's not just an, an author. She's also an artist, and she's created several paintings to help us reflect on some of the characters in the Christmas story. We're going we're gonna to post one of her videos on social media uh, this week where she talks about it and shows one of the paintings that's related to the characters that we're going to focus on in today's message. Typically, the month of December is busy, frantic, chaotic for many of us, but you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. Advent can help us make it a season of preparing and purposeful um, waiting. Today, we're going to look at a couple from the Christmas story, and I don't know how familiar you are with them. Their names are Zachariah and Elizabeth, and I'm I'm going to shorten it to Zach and Liz. And what we're going to do is we're going to focus on how they wait and wait and wait for a very long time. I want to show you three uh, surprising characteristics about Zach and Liz. Here's what it says about them in Luke chapter 1. We're going to pick it up here in verse, verse 5. It says, in the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Uh, both of them... Uh, Zach and Liz were, were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly, but they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. So first thing we learned about Zach and Liz is they're good people. Luke tells us that they were righteous, and that means that they lived the way that God wanted them to live. God had really not spoken to his, to his people for hundreds of years, but Zach and Liz trusted God's promise and obeyed his teachings. They're good people. Luke also tells us that they are um, old people. Look at that. It says they're very old. You know, a wild night for these two would be, you know, dinner at 4 p.m. in the afternoon and then watching reruns of The Price is Right on the uh, game show uh, channel. They're old uh, people. And to a degree, they're very sad people because in their culture, a barrenness meant that you carried a very heavy burden. It didn't just mean you didn't have children and you just didn't have someone to take care of you when you got old. Some people viewed barrenness as a curse from God, that you were living under God's judgment. And so Zach and Liz would you know, walk around and you know, they're not only dealing with the hurt of, of not having a child and they're very old, but people would see them and go, you know, they seem like good people, but there must be something wrong because God's not blessed them with a child. Zach and Liz waited a very long time. And scripture gives no reason why God did not answer their prayer. They're they're good people, they're old people, and they're sad people. And so here's something really important that we learn from their story, sad things. Yeah, they do happen to good people. Sad things happen to good people. Sometimes good people have to wait a very long time. But what impresses me about Zach and Liz is they keep serving. They don't get their personal prayer answered, but they keep showing up at the temple and serving and waiting 
and waiting. Not only do Zach and Liz wait for a child, but they wait with all of Israel for the Messiah. Hundreds of years earlier, God made this famous Christmas prophecy through Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah predicted that this wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, uh, prince of peace would, would be born and would save, come and save God's people. But Israel's waited a long time. 25 times other nations have come in and occupied Israel. Now they live under Roman oppression. And the people waited and waited for the Messiah to come and bring freedom. You know, for us today, I mean, we can take our Bible here. And, you know, you can read, you know, through the Old Testament. You get to Malachi, the last prophet in the Old Testament. And, and check this out. Just flip one page and you're into the New Testament with Matthew, the first book in the New Testament that tells us about Jesus. It takes about a second to flip the page. But understand that right there, that's a 400-year gap. 400 years of silence. 400 years of waiting. 400 years of people wondering, you know, is God even there? And if he is, does he care? I mean, why do we keep worshiping? Are we just wasting our time going to the temple? Doesn't seem like God shows up. So let me just pause. Let me hit the pause button and ask you, how are you waiting this Christmas? What are you waiting for this Christmas? You know, maybe some of us are like Zach and, and Liz and you're waiting to get pregnant. And maybe, maybe there's been a miscarriage and just a lot of pain and hurt and waiting. Maybe you're a, a single person and you keep, you know, hoping that that moment will come where you meet that special someone and you just keep waiting and waiting. Or maybe you're a person who's just gripped with anxiety and depression, and you're waiting for some relief in your life. Or perhaps you've, you've waited and waited for a breakthrough in your career. Or you know, maybe your marriage really isn't headed where you want it to go, and you've prayed about it, you've, you've worked on it. You just keep hoping and waiting for things to take a turn for the better. Maybe you're waiting for some test results that could change the rest of your life. You know what is probably one of the most common prayer requests that we get? Whenever we invite people to write down their prayer request and submit them to us, you know, we, many people will ask us to pray for someone they'd love to come to faith in Jesus. You know, maybe a child, maybe a spouse, a family member, a friend. Some people have prayed and waited for years, and it might be tempting to, to just give up and lose hope. But here's something really important we learned from the story of Zach and Liz. God's silence does not indicate God's absence. God's silence does not indicate God's absence. It might feel like your prayers just hit the ceiling and don't go anywhere, but there is story after story after story in the scriptures, just like this story about Zach and Liz that indicate God's silence does not indicate God's absence. In his book, The Dance of Hope, Bill Freight tells about a, a blind student that he uh, mentored at the University of Colorado. And one day, Bill asked the blind student, he said, you know, how, how'd this happen to you? Were you born blind? Or, or was there some, some type of accident that left you without sight? And this uh, blind student, his name was John, uh, recounted the tragedy that left him without sight. But then he also said this, you know what? I didn't just lose my sight. I lost my hope. He said, I was bitter and angry at God for letting it happen. And I took my anger out on everyone around me. I decided that I wouldn't even lift a finger 
to take care of myself. I would depend on other people to uh, wait on me. He said, I shut my bedroom door and I refused to come out except for meals. And Bill looks at the student and he's thinking, something must have happened to this guy because this is a happy guy. This is a great guy. This student is thriving. And so Bill asked what happened. And John said, well, I trace it back to when my dad got tired of my pity party. And he came to me one day and he said, winter's coming. I need you to put up the storm windows on the house. He said, the materials are in the garage. And he was firm about it. He said, uh, you need to have this done by the time I get home from work today, or there's going to be consequences. And John said, I was mad. He said, I remember walking out to the garage and you know, finding my way out there and just cursing out loud. You know, they're going to they're gonna be happy when I fall off the ladder and hurt myself. They're going to be really happy about that. He was just full of bitterness and anger. But John said he found the supplies. He climbed the ladder. He installed the storm windows. It took, a lot, took him a long time, but he did it. And he said, actually, my dad's assignment accomplished two goals that my dad had for that day. One was to get the storm windows up, but the real goal was that I would stop feeling sorry for myself, and I would realize that I had worth, and that I could do something about it, and that I could reconstruct not just windows, I could reconstruct my life. And then this blind student, John, uh, faced Bill, and... With tears in his sightless eyes, he said, and you know what I found out years later? My dad was never more than five feet away from me that, that, that whole day. When I went up the ladder, he went up the ladder behind me. And if I had fallen, my dad would have caught me. And that's a human father. You and I, we've got a perfect heavenly father that loves, that loves you. God's silence does not mean his absence. God's silence does not indicate his absence. Take a look at how Zach continued to believe that God was there and working in his life while he waited. It says, once when Zachariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest uh, before God, he was chosen by Lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Notice how he was chosen by Lot. They had this custom of casting lots. I think this is interesting. This is kind of like uh, rolling dice or drawing straws, the way we do, way we do that today. But, but they would do this to try and receive guidance from God. It wasn't gambling, but sometimes what they would do is they would say, God, you know, do you want us to go this way or do you want us to go this way? And they would cast lots. And, and uh, that's how they would hear from God. Proverbs 16 says that the lot is cast into the lap but it's every decision is from the Lord. Now, this is before God, you know, sent the Holy Spirit to live inside of us and guide us. That's why we don't cast lots today, but it shows how Zach believed that God's silence did not indicate his absence because he worked through the casting of lots. And notice what Zach did while he and Liz waited. It says that Zach was on duty, serving as priest before God. Zach stayed on duty and he even did more for God. Now, if I waited for a long time and I didn't feel like my prayers were you know, getting past uh, the ceiling, I might be tempted to feel discouraged, disillusioned, frustrated. And if God came to me and he said, you know what, Ben, um, you know, I want you to do more. I want you to serve more. I want you to do more at, at church for me. I would be tempted to say, no way. 
But Zach, but Zach understood that there is work to be done in the waiting. There's work to be done in the waiting. Now, it's important to understand that there's different kinds of waiting. There's different types of uh, waiting. For example, there is what is called active uh, waiting. And I'm going to use our granddaughter, um, Emily, to illustrate um, active waiting. Emily is four years old, and uh, she is an active uh, waiter. Uh, when she knows that we're coming over to her house uh, to visit her, uh, she'll ask her parents you know, over and over throughout the day, you know, how long until they uh, uh, get here? And she's just excited about us coming over to the house. And when we walk in the door, she will run and, 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 and uh, greet us. Sometimes she'll give me a hug, but she always gives her grandma a hug. Uh, uh, grandma's a rock star to uh, um, Emily. And Emily will jump up and down in the kitchen, do like a happy dance, and she wants us to play games with her. She waits with anticipation and excitement. That's active waiting. But realistically, I know that, uh, you know, in a few years, um, when she grows up, and maybe she's a teenager, uh, when we walk in the door, probably not going to be a happy dance, probably not going to run over and, and greet us with a big hug. She's probably going to be over on the couch, scrolling on her phone, texting her, her friends, uh, ask her a question, how you doing? And one word answer, good, fine. That's passive waiting. See, there's two kinds of waiting. Passive waiting, where you just kind of sit around and you're not concerned and you don't really do anything. You're not, you're not expectant, you're not excited. But then there's active waiting that is confident and working and expectant like a little child. Zach and Liz waited actively. And so did King David. King David, uh, David had to wait a long time for God to, to work in his life. Take a look at what he says about this in, in Psalm 27. He says, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. In the original language, the word here for wait is active waiting. It's an expectant, working, confident waiting. So where do you need active waiting this, this Christmas season? Where do you need to work while you wait? You know, I, I, uh, when I see people who are waiting uh, for a better job and they're not passive about it, it inspires me. You know, they'll say, I'm, I'm taking a night class. Um, I'm getting work, my current job, I'm getting there early. I'm keeping a good attitude about my uh, current job, even though there's some, some things that, um, that frustrate me a little bit about it, but I'm praying about it, and I believe it's going to happen uh, someday, and it's going to be great. People like that inspire me. That's, that's active waiting, and we love to hire people like that. I heard a single, people, a single person say this one time, something like, you know, I want to be married, but you know what I'm doing um, right now? I'm working on becoming the one that, the, working on becoming the, the I, I was afraid I was going to mess this up. Let me try this again. I'm working on becoming the one, the one I would want, would want. There we go. Does that make sense? I'm working on becoming the one that the one I would want, would want. I'm not, I'm not doing nothing. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm working on I'm, I'm becoming that kind of person. That's active um, waiting. I've, I've seen people who come to church and they don't just wait passively. You know, they, they start attending and they're like, you know, I want to get, get connected in a group and I want to join a serve team. I want to get connected and, 
and I want to grow, and I want everything that God has for me in this place. I love that. That's active waiting. That's how Zach waits. Zach keeps serving God. He keeps doing his duty, and if you are waiting and waiting and working and working, I want to encourage you with something I, I heard um, this week. You know what will happen? If you, if you plant a Chinese uh, bamboo tree in the ground, you know, you plant that seed, that Chinese bamboo in the ground, and you, you, know, you tend that soil, you pull weeds, you uh, water it, um, you, work, you work it that first year, but then nothing happens that you can see that first year. That second year, same thing. You, you pull weeds, you work it, you tend the soil, and nothing happens that you can see. Same thing the third year, same thing the fourth year. But in the fifth year, Chinese bamboo can break through the soil and grow um, 80 feet in six weeks, as much as, as much as three feet in one day. Think about that. For five years, the, the seed is germinating and growing roots you know, beneath, the, beneath the surface. You don't see anything. But if you keep working and working, keep watering and keep fertilizing and waiting and waiting, you will set yourself up for what God is, is gonna, do, gonna do next. And uh, that's what Zach did in verses 11 and 12. It says, then an angel of the Lord appeared uh, to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zachariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zachariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? Look at this. I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. And I just want to point out, this is a wise husband um, here, um, because he says, he says uh, yeah, I am, I am old, but my uh, wife, she's not old. She's well along in, in years. That's a wise husband uh, right there, um, guys. But Zach wants a sign that this pregnancy is, is true. And uh, the angel said to him, the angel says, I'm, Zach, I'm, I'm Gabriel. I'm your sign. I'm an angel from, 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 from God. I stand in the presence of God, and I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you'll be silent and not able to speak until the day that happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appropriate time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. This is the first recorded uh, game of charades. <laughs> he lost his ability to speak. And so he uses his hand, he uses hand motions to communicate. And eventually, he gets his point across that his wife, Liz, is, is, is pregnant. Now, I'm not exactly sure why the angel struck Zach mute for the full nine months of the pregnancy. I'm speculating here, but I think there might be more to it than God disciplining Zach for his unbelief. Think about this. Perhaps his muteness, his temporary inability to speak served as a sign to Liz to bolster her confidence that the, that the angel's message was uh, true. Suppose Zach had just, you know, come home one day and said, uh, you know, hey, Liz, I saw an angel, met an angel, and he said that you're going to be uh, pregnant. You know, Liz would probably go, uh, Zachary, what have you been smoking besides incense, right? Um, because remember, for years, she'd poured her heart out to God, 
praying for a child. Day after day, she prayed, and month after month, uh, her heart would, would break, and, and perhaps her hope got depleted. And so maybe this temporary uh, inability to speak is a sign from God to bolster her confidence in the angel's message. We fast forward nine months later, verse 57 says, when it was time for Elizabeth uh, to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy and they shared her joy. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue set free and he began to speak, praising God. Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. And you can check in your Bible, the next 10 verses, you know what he does? He sings a song. The song of Zechariah. Here's what we see happen in this story. God turns silence into singing. Remember, Zach and Liz waited for years and years for God to answer their prayer. And they waited with all of Israel. God has stayed silent for hundreds of, of years. And then, you know, Zach was silent for nine months, but then the baby's born. And he is so overjoyed with what God has done, so, so happy with the goodness of God, that he sings. He can't help but sing. And he sings for 10 verses. I want you to hear the story uh, from a couple uh, in our church that, that remind me of Zach and Liz. They went through a, they went through a long period of, 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 of waiting, and many of you are going to recognize uh, this couple. Um, Morgan is up on stage most weekends singing. His wife, Mary, works on our staff and serves and in several uh, areas. They prayed for a baby for a long time and God seemed silent. Take a look. Hi, my name is Morgan Trich and this is my wife, uh, Mary, and we are both on staff here at River Glen. So we started thinking about um, going into the adoption process um, towards the end of 2019. We got put onto the waiting list for um, just to enter into the program. There were so many families already waiting, and then we were legally licensed in July of 2020. We kind of got to the point where we were in the group of people that they would send profile books for, um, and the profile book was, was just basically a book of our life. Um, it included our um, what we like to do, our families, um, people who are really close to us. Profile opportunities would come in. Um, for a while they were coming in, you know, there were maybe a couple of week or a couple of months. When saying yes to a profile opportunity is like, if you say yes to it, you are willing to see it through to the end. We had a few profile opportunities that came in um, that we, we thought that, yeah, you know, we could, we could do this, we could make this work, and then you just kind of keep waiting. Um, and there was one, one profile opportunity that came our way, and uh, it turns out that, that this birth mom had, had chosen us. We were days away from meeting. Mm -hmm. I think it was the birth mom and dad were both gonna be there. I mean, it was crazy because it was the first time that we had even been that close. And a few days before, our adoption worker called us, and she said, I don't have some awesome news, but I just wanted to let you know that um, this, this birth family has decided to keep the baby and raise, raise it on their own. It was tough. The adoption journey just in general is very consistently a roller coaster of emotion. And so this one, we had the excitement and then we had 
more excitement because she said yes. And so getting the call that, you know, this was not gonna happen anymore was like plummeting. That for me was like, I don't know if I can do this. Um, it, was a, it, was a, it was a weird time trying to sort through those like good and bad emotions at the same time. I, I think I lost a little bit of um, confidence in the fact that this was, was what God was calling us to. Throughout the whole process, I was constantly having to remind myself like he has good for me and I know that, but why not yet? We, it was a year, almost exactly a year later that we got another profile opportunity and we said yes to it. And um, long story short, we ended up with Oliver and uh, the whole situation is just like more perfect than we could have ever come up with. Yeah. Like we have an amazing relationship with the birth mom and dad. I don't believe that it would have been that had it yeah. been a year prior. And I always shake my head and I'm like, I know exactly why we waited. I know why we waited because it was him. And it was it was her. Through through the whole three and a half years that we were going through it, like I prayed over and over, just like, teach me how to trust you regardless. <laughs> and so I I was feeling like I was learning that throughout the process. It was really, really beautiful. Great. Let's give God a hand and uh, appreciate Mary and Morgan sharing their, their story. And I love how they waited actively. They waited with hope. Hope is confidence that God is eventually going to turn silence into singing. Maybe you're here today. Maybe, maybe you're feeling alone, uh, discouraged, scared this Christmas. Christmas has a way of sometimes even magnifying those feelings. But can I encourage you with the words that the angel spoke to Zach? The angel said, I, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I bring good news. There is hope. God has the ability to turn silence into singing. Maybe you're underemployed or maybe you're frustrated with your current job and, and you've waited and waited and waited. Remember, the angel said, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I bring good news. There is, there's hope. God has the ability to turn, to turn silence into singing. In your marriage, maybe it's not what you want it to be. Maybe, maybe your retirement accounts have taken a hit. Maybe you've turned back to some old destructive habit in your life. The angel came uh, from God and said, I am Gabriel. God says this to you. There's hope. There's good news. God has the ability to turn silence into singing. If you're waiting on test results, maybe this is the one that hits home right now. Remember the words of the angel. I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I, I bring good news. There is hope. God has the ability to turn silence into singing. Hope has entered the world through Jesus. And that's what we celebrate this Christmas. I hope they made Zachariah sing is available to you. So I just want to encourage you, if you've not yet said yes to Jesus, if, 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 if you've not taken this step to accept him as your, as your leader and your forgiver, as your Lord 
and as your Savior. And if you're making that decision today, let us know. Fill out the welcome card. Go and find a staff member or volunteer after the service, and they'll help you make that decision. And next week is a baptism uh, weekend at both campuses and all of our services. We're going to be celebrating baptism. Baptism symbolizes putting your trust and hope and faith in Jesus and in his death and burial and resurrection. Jesus has commanded everyone who follows him to take this step. And we're excited. We've already, we already have 20 people signed up for next weekend. And we'd love to add you. We've got room for more. And if, if you're interested in, in, take, in taking this step, uh, you don't have to go through a class. You don't have to know everything about the Bible. Here's what you need to believe, that Jesus died for your sins and that he resurrected and came to life three days later. And if you believe that, you're ready to take this step. Maybe this, maybe this is the next step that God wants you to take while you wait. Maybe this is God's next step uh, for you, or, or maybe some of you have already taken that step. And, and uh, your next step that God has for you is to, is to reach out and invite someone this Christmas season. Christmas is a, is a special time of the year when people are just especially open to an invitation to church and, and to hear the message of uh, uh, Jesus. Half the people that you invite will say yes and will we'll, we'll, we'll show up. Studies show that 50% of people will say yes. And so if you want three people to come with you on uh, Christmas, invite six people. And we got, we got some great invitation pieces that I think you were handed out at the door. You can pick up extra invitations. Take some of these and take as many as you want and invite a friend. Invite them here and see what God does. Let me pray for us. God, we love you and we're so grateful that you're working in our lives. God, for some of us, maybe we're in the middle of a season of waiting and it's, it's just really hard right now. Lord, help us to, to not give up. Help us to not give up on you and, and what you're calling us to do. Fill us with hope courage and strength and faith. Help us to have confidence that you are, are constantly always at work, even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel it. Lord, help us as a whole church and as individuals learn how to wait with a purpose. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.